Hello, and welcome to another episode of In Conversation. Once again, I'm your host, Pat King, a contributor at Ears to Feed. Today on the show, I had a wonderful chat with G. DeGroote of the exciting Philadelphia band Saturn. DeGroote joined me to talk about their fantastic debut album, Radiator, out now on Run For Cover Records. It's an album full of warm country-leaning songs that take their time to unfold, with DeGroote's lyrics providing vivid narratives depicting inner conflicts and their need to overcome them. I caught up with DeGroote a couple days after Saturn's packed release show at the Great Philly Club, Johnny Brenda's. It was a tremendous celebration, and it was a joy to see the band bring to life one of my favorite albums of the year. In this conversation, DeGroote and I discussed that show, the recording of the album, their songwriting process, and our mutual love of Jason Molina. Thanks for listening, and I hope you enjoy. How are you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Um, can you hear? I, I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm also in Philly and there's, there's like a, oh, really? yeah, there's I, right now there's like a helicopter kind of circling my block. So I, I don't know it. if you can. Yeah. Where in Philly are you? Uh, I'm in Northern Liberties. So like I, I, I went to the release show the other night and it was, it was. Oh, you did? Yeah. Yeah. And it's, I, I live like kind of like on fifth. So like just a few blocks away from Johnny Brenda's. Convenient. Yeah, it was great. Thank you for coming. Yeah, for sure. It was such a good show. How how do you feel about it? Oh, um, well, thanks for saying that. Um, I, it felt good. There, I was like, there was like an hour when we had to like postpone it where we thought it was canceled before we found out that we were able to reschedule it. So I was definitely really just grateful that it happened. I was very stressed out. <laughs> I get really stressed out before we play. And I, I was kind of losing my voice that day, um, the other day. Um, so that kind of adds to the stress of like, will I be able to sing or not? You know? Um, and, uh, but I always feel really, really good, like, right after we play. So, yeah, I was able to kind of enjoy it <laughs> more when the set was done. And also during the set, it felt good. Yeah, I mean, you could kind of sense, you know, just being in the audience that there was, you know, um, there were moments in the show where I, I could see where you were kind of being like getting a little overcome with emotion and just, and just feeling very grateful for the moment. And um, it's so funny just with how, like, I, I hate talking about the pandemic when it comes to music, but it, it really is such, such a, it, it really kind of threw such a loop for so many bands who had to sit on records for a long time, who had to record differently. And, and uh, it just must've felt like, like a crazy moment to to kind of be able to celebrate something even though like the act of doing that comes with like a loaded asterisk in a lot of ways <laughs> like did it feel like did it take a moment like a minute for you to kind of get in the moment of, of actually celebrating the release of the record definitely <laughs> you know if I'm being honest like um it can be hard to like do that you know it can it can be hard to like be really present with something that's happening I think that I'm someone who's like prone to like feeling apprehensive or like stressed out or like overwhelmed by stuff and there's definitely been a lot of you know stuff <laughs> going on around I mean I've we've like myself or any of my I mean we've never put out an album I've never put out an album and had like a you know actual kind of like release <laughs> like cycle or whatever um and so there's just so much that goes into it that I am experiencing for the first time and like navigating so there's definitely a lot of like 
there's a lot of things that are uh that make it hard to be present because it's stressful I guess um but I think that like in while we were on stage and afterwards I was able to like feel like oh like this is so sick that this is happening (laughs) um and like yeah also with like this particular like lineup of artists as I'm sure you heard I think we all talked about it individually um like during our different sets but like it was just a meaningful kind of group for me personally um uh to have Shannon play and to have the Afterglows play um but yeah I uh it is it is hard to be like present and feel that kind of like appreciation for like the things that are happening weirdly um so any moment where I can feel that I feel really grateful for yeah I mean that that's so interesting I mean the the project like it's it's interesting to hear you talk about the project of uh, you know this being the first time you've ever had to do like a a big rollout for for a record or something like that I when when you first started Vive, which eventually became Saturn, um, mm-hmm. I, I guess how how active was that band? Were you were you playing a lot of shows, or was that kind of more just well, kind of releasing stuff? Yeah, it was. I it was both. Um, I mean, it started as like I was barely starting to like record stuff on. Garage band and barely starting to write songs and like share it on the internet. And then I started in 2017. My friend was like, Why don't you play your songs at the show? And I was like, I was like Oh, yes, <laughs> I, I could. Um, and so I was playing shows, like not super, that many, um, but I was, you know, I was working full time and I, but it wasn't, it, it, it was kind of like a light amount of um time that I put into like doing that project I was really enthusiastic about it and I was trying to write songs all the time but in terms of like you know (laughs) what I'm what I experience now in terms of like managing the like (laughs) the organism that is like the band or like the business that is like the band it's like so much more time (laughs) an effort um but yeah I, I was playing shows as Vive from 2017 like February 2017 um and then I guess we didn't change it till a year after that cool yeah and and um I, I read that it was kind of you know um you know if you if you had your choice you would have kept that name but it was it was kind of like a legal issue of, of changing from Vive to Saturday yeah you know what I got a cease and desist um, from someone who had trademarked the name. It was DJ Vive. <laughs> he is a techno DJ, active, in uh, from Nova Scotia. And he sent me a Facebook message, actually. with It was it was not the official cease. He was like, here's a cease and desist that I'm going to send. My lawyer is going to send you if you don't, um, like, agree to change everything within, you know, a week or something. <laughs> that's, that's so, so wild it's, it's it's crazy that it's so funny because it, it made me think of um i remember when the wallflowers came out <laughs> like, you know like bob dylan's you know jacob dylan's band like yeah I, I remember hearing about like how they did something similar and like bought off a band that had been the wallflowers for a long time like they just mm-hmm. you know offered them a huge sum of money to be like how about you guys stop being the wallflowers or not being the wallflowers? I mean, yeah. What was was the letter? I mean, not to press you on it or anything, but like, was was the letter like threatening at all, or like, was it? He was kind of nice about it. He was kind of like, "Hey, I know this sucks, but it happened to me a while back, and that's why I've trademarked my name now." And I was like, "Yeah, it sucks." <laughs> so he he wasn't mean about it but he was he was uh like it was a you know legal a firm like i'm going to 
you know, yeah, take right. legal action against you unless you politely agree to cooperate. Um, but he was nice about it, I guess. <laughs> I almost was like, because Vive was like, because my full name is Genevieve. Vive was kind of like a pseudonym or whatever. Not so much a nickname, but more of just like a, I don't know. It just made sense for the project. Maybe. Um, but I was like, maybe I should just change it to this guy's real name. Yeah, right. Which was Evan Fancy. I mean, like, maybe I'll change it to Evan Fancy. I'm glad it... I didn't do that, but I thought about it out of spite. Also, Evan Fancy is like the best DJ name ever. Like, kind of why... a, I know. Like, why didn't he just go for that? Yeah. We'll never know. I don't know. Is, is he like a big deal in Nova Scotia or? I don't know. I don't know. I think one time someone accidentally linked our band camp on like a festival that he was playing. Um, and so that's probably how he got wind of us. <laughs> I think it happened a couple times. Um, oh, that's so funny. I don't know if he's a big deal. I haven't checked up on him, but maybe I should. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> So, so you you released um, a split and and some other songs on Bandcamp, um, but then it, it came time to record this album, and uh, you did it kind of the uh, you know the the rent a cabin in the woods kind of approach to recording this album. Uh, I, I guess how did that all come together? Was it out of was there kind of delays in actually recording the album until the pandemic happened, or was it was it um, like out of frustration of just being like, okay, we need to get together and record this thing. Hmm. Well, yeah, there were, there was a delay. It was out of, it was because of the pandemic we had plans. Like we had just started doing the full band stuff in earlier that year, like in 2020. And, um, you know, it was just like a few songs and, uh, I was really excited about it. And so I was trying to make plans to record it as soon as possible. We made plans for like May and June um, to record and they didn't pan out um, obviously because of the pandemic. Um, None of us were, we were all, you know, social distancing from each other. Um, Well, Tab and I lived together at the time. So we like, you know, we were all like kind of confined to our households um, and couldn't hang out really. Um, so, you know, I think it was at the end of the summer that I was talking to Heather who recorded the album and who I had originally planned to like record with. And we were like, how can we make this happen? You know, um, and so that's the plan we came up with. We, we, we've talked about other stuff, like, oh, how can we... But the, the big problem was um, just how... We were just concerned about, like, COVID. And, um, you know, we were all... We all live in... We all, at the time, were living in houses with, like, a bunch of different roommates, you know? And, like, we weren't kind of in a practice, any of us, of, of like... We were in our pods. We weren't really in a practice of like um, mingling and then going home to our house. You know, (laughs) just that that wasn't a thing for my social group and my bandmates. Um, And so we we had to figure out a way to like go someplace for like a certain period of time so that it was like, I don't know. Yeah. (laughs) It gets so exhausting even to relay like just... (laughs) the logistics of that time no, it's it's funny I, I actually i did i did the i did a same like a similar thing like i i did a verbo in vermont and recorded an album like a month cool. ago and uh yeah it, it almost feels like because you know if you were to go in like a traditional studio space it almost feels like you're i don't know like it, it just did it feel almost like if you did that approach it would be putting more people in jeopardy of like I, I kept thinking about that of like of like oh well you're actually going into a, a semi corporate environment like it's it is a business that you're going into like it's it's almost mm. better to separate yourself from that was, was that something mm. you were thinking about too? Uh, I think the more 
I think what we were concerned about was just our living situations. Like we couldn't be going back and forth from our house and recording together. Like, yeah, right. Um, because we either needed to be a pod together or like with our housemates. Um, and so, and not, cause then it would be, you know, then it would be cross contamination from all of the pods or whatever. So that's what we were thinking about um, was, or that was kind of like, the standard of what we were working with was it was it fun? In our social group. was it fun was it fun yeah to to just yeah do, i mean i know like I'm talking about the, logistics, the logistics of setting it up were it was a lot um and it definitely kind of catalyzed what it turned into in terms of like the scope of like actually making a record as opposed to just recording a handful of full band songs um and it was so fun like you know it was it was like a hassle to figure out and then it was just like this amazing oasis period of a time where you know suddenly we were like a group together and we hadn't been able to hang out with anyone except for our housemates since march you know and it was the end of october uh 2020 and so uh you know we were we we set up like a place to play music and like practice the songs and arrange them and then record them and we were just you know playing music even when we were not like working um and like just hanging out and it was just like such a huge contrast to the six months prior to that um that it felt just like particularly like relieving and like cathartic to be there um and also it's cool to have a mission i think like it's like you're on vacation but there's a mission yeah <laughs> recording an album <laughs> it's funny i doesn't it feel like i don't know like i've i've the way i described it to some people was it's almost like kind of microdosing on mushrooms almost <laughs> like it's like like it feels like your brain is regenerating when you're just like separated from the city and just kind of you know, focusing on, on one goal, like, did, did it feel that way for you? Like, did it feel like kind of a rejuvenating mental oh, yeah. thing? No, we were on mushrooms all the time. <laughs> I'm just saying we weren't at all, but, um, yeah, it did definitely like, yeah, I, you know, I, <laughs> I feel like living in the city, you have to kind of have like a barrier like some of your senses you have to kind of like shut them off a little bit um just in order to be there <laughs> um and so like it's nice to kind of like be able to shed that um if you have the opportunity um but yeah yeah I think it felt particularly like that like not just because we were out in like a woodsy area which is always nice but also because you know, of the context of just not being able to see any of our friends and spend time or play music for, for more than half a year. And suddenly all of these things being true at once. Um, it definitely was surreal and like just fantastic. It was so good. <laughs> uh, so many of the songs, um, I, I love the record so much and so many of the songs hit me in, in specific ways. Um, and I get this oversensing kind of feeling of optimism within your lyrics um and it it, it does the record plays a, a it's it's a really kind of interesting effect it has on me because you know of of the kind of um contemplative uh i guess like slow pace of the record but also you know if, if you really didn't dig into the lyrics, you'd think it would be a kind of a somber record, but um, I, I just feel like your disposition on a lot of things is, is, um, is really admirable, like, especially in a song like Special Power, where you kind of, you say, uh, so it's okay what I'm feeling, it's all right if I'm crying, and maybe there's some good coming, although I can't find it. And it, it's just so, so resilient. And, and I was really taken by that. It was that, is that something that, I, I guess kind of getting like the, I, I guess like persisting and, and, and resilience, is that, is that a big theme for you in your writing? 
Um, well, I guess I don't really think about it that way. I like, for instance, that line from Special Power and that song in general, like, it's all like direct artifacts of like, like a specific moment where I was feeling a specific way. And I feel like that song is so conflicted, <laughs> you know? Right. It's like, I'm not, like, I'm upset, you know? I'm like <laughs> trying. <laughs> yeah. Um, and like that moment that you just, the, that where those lyrics came out of that you just quoted was like a moment where I was like trying, you know, it kind of like the feeling of like hitting the bottom and being like, okay, here I am at the bottom. That's okay. You know, and just kind of like making space for, for that. Um, or like whatever the feeling is, I guess that is kind of my, my process of songwriting is like, it's kind of about processing and, and trying to make space for whatever is happening for me <laughs> emotionally. Um, and so it's, I don't really think about themes and I don't think about it having a certain bend or being optimistic or anything like that. I think it really is just whatever trying to trying to be as honest with myself as I can about what's happening it you know for me internally um, and by doing so like making space for the stuff that we kind of try to or um, you know, making, making space for stuff that is, is like hard to feel or like, you know, just for some reason, like you're like suppressing it in some way. Um, yeah, just like accepting, accepting what's happening. Um, and that, you know, has its own kind of like kind of trans can, can transform whatever the usually negative <laughs> feeling is. Um, and so I think that that is something that I, that songwriting helps me with and it feels good and I do it definitely like for myself. Uh, and it's like a helpful thing. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm not kind of sitting here like, I hope this is a resilient theme or like, this is too sad. I oh, better yeah, make yeah. sure that there's something that like makes it not as sad or something that redeems it. Um, uh, I think I just don't, I'm not thinking about songs in that way. I think I'm more like trying to like be present with what, whatever I have going on. <laughs> <laughs> um, how, how do songs come for you usually? Is it, is it um, like, do you kind of, um does it all usually come in spurts like does it come like do you have an editing process or or does it usually um come on like like unprovoked does it usually come unprovoked or do you have to kind of will it mm. um not like it's not strictly one way um and maybe some probably in between totally unprovoked and willing it because I definitely can't will it to happen, but I, you do have to make space for it. it you know, you do have to be like, well, I'm going to sit down with my guitar because I feel like I have time and like I'm in the right head space, but not because I'm like, I'm going to sit down and write a song right now. So like if you're sitting down with your guitar, you might write a song, but you don't have to. Right. You know, yeah. <laughs> um, and I definitely like sometimes it I do that and whoa there's a song it comes right out that's kind of rare at this point I think that more recently like in the past few years it's been like a 
some segment of a song comes out and then like eight months later I like finish the song or something. So it's it kind of is it's kind of like there's different there's different stages. Um and there's a lot of there's revisiting and you know, but like I can only revisit something if I'm like if the whatever feelings I'm having match up to it in some ways. That's kind of the trouble with like the way that I personally write songs is that like if I write half a song from a certain headspace from a certain situation it can be really hard to and then the situation changes or you know so, something changes it where's the rest of the song I don't know <laughs> like I kind of have to wait till it makes sense again yeah I maybe think, with like I, a I think there was situation. like a, I think there was a George Harrison quote about that where he said that he can never like once he starts writing a song in a room or once he started writing songs in a specific room, he couldn't leave the room until it was done or something like that. It was like, wow, that's so cool. Like, like he had to stay in the emotion. I love hearing about stuff like that. Like, uh, I don't know. Yeah. Just like different songwriters, like, or ones that you look up to, like in having different like superstitions around it or like, you know, approaches. I love hearing about that stuff. Thank you for sharing that. <laughs> I know that it's, it's funny. Like, do you have any little kind of uh, prompts or anything that you use? Prompts is no, but I would say that George Harrison anecdote made me think about how I definitely know that there's certain circumstances that are like more likely to evoke me feeling like I'm about to write a song. And one of those is being like pretty much alone, but like maybe there's someone else in the house. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why. Like, I'm pretty sure they can't hear me, but they might be able to. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that. I don't know. It's kind of weird. Or like if I'm at a hang and I go into the other room with my guitar, like that is like a really generative moment for me. Because I think that if I'm like, oh, I have the whole day to myself to write a song if I want to, then that puts this weird pressure. But if it's like this moment where like I'm like kind of, you know, more spontaneously getting some privacy, then there's there's no pressure. Also, I really like being on the third floor of like a, a house or um or like, you know, like on a, a upper floor of the house, like I, in West Philly, there's a lot of old houses. That's where I live. It's a lot of old houses that are like three floors, you know, row homes. And I feel like being in the back room of the third floor in one of those houses is like one of the best places for me. That's so interesting. You know, like just like a feeling, you just like feel like you're in like a tree house or something. And you know, you're far, you're far away from the action in the house, but like, you're not you're not like completely alone in like the woods somewhere. You're just, you have your privacy up in your little, you're on stilts or something. I don't know. That, that's how I feel when I'm in the third floor. I feel like my brain feels a little more open. Yeah. Your little zone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, I guess I want to share that. Yeah, totally. Um, so kind of like reading up about the band and, and kind of how, you started writing songs. Um, you, you you started playing guitar in 2015. Is that right? Yeah, that's yeah. I that's when I um, graduated college and I moved to New Hampshire for a job. And I was living with two people that I met on Craigslist. And one of them, well, they became friends. One of them had a guitar, <laughs> didn't play, and so I just like kind of tried to learn it I like knew a couple chords but I didn't really know how to play it um uh yeah I, I find it so um like it, it's it's so interesting to me and so endearing that like it, it seems like you picked up the guitar to learn how to pl write your own songs in some respects is is that how it kind of worked yeah I mean I was really inspired by this album that I was getting into at the time, like kind of late. It had come out like two years before, but this 
album by the national called trouble will find me i was like so so into it it was like really <laughs> hitting for me um and i you know i just moved to a place that was like kind of you know small it was like dover new hampshire just small kind of a small town vibe in terms of a city is like thirty thousand people or something i was kind of in a woodsy area in general didn't know a lot of people. Suddenly I had a nine five, but I didn't have anything to do with the time after five o'clock, you know? So I had all this time and like, you know, not a lot of friends. <laughs> and like, <laughs> um, I was getting really into this album and I, I felt really like, I really wanted to be able to like play the album, like the certain songs right, and sing them. And so that was really inspiring me to like, try to learn more chords <laughs> and to try to like figure out how to sing and like strum the same time I was learning I remember um the first song on the album is called I Should Live in Salt and there's this like disjointed time signature thing that happens it's really cool um and I was like trying desperately to like be able to strum and sing it and it was hard <laughs> but yeah that's kind of what was inspiring me but I I like I think that I had had like the year before that I had, I had started having like a lot of like kind of lyrical like output, but I didn't have an instrument yet. Um, and so I do think there was something there. Yeah. It, like reading that, like, a, you know, I, I was kind of shocked to read after seeing y'all play the other night, but Amelia um, hadn't been playing drums for long. Uh you know, at, at the, once you guys started recording and did, does it kind of feel like you're, you're all learning together in some ways, you know, like learning your instruments as you record and play together? Yeah. I mean, yes, we're definitely all learning together. Um, um, and like it, I think that the learning the instrument part is like more of an individual like I mean I think that like we're all good at our instruments you oh, know yeah totally yeah I was um, I was amazed you know <laughs> thanks I, I mean I didn't wasn't trying to suggest that you were suggesting that but I, <laughs> I think what I'm trying to say is that like um the the major kind of learning curve that I feel like we're doing together is like has a lot to do with like um I mean, all of this stuff is new to us, like, and, and pl playing as a full band with, like, the gear and, like, figuring out the setup on stage with the monitors and, like, the stage volume and, like, the, you know, the specific gear that makes it possible for us to do our best. That has been something that we've been trial and error learning, you know, with each show that we do because we hadn't been playing any shows until we played one show before the pandemic and then, you know, one show like last summer and then like it wasn't until this spring that we really started consistently playing shows um and so that has been something that we've been really learning together you know yeah and john john playing pedal steel you know in the band he just fucking like oh my god it was it was right after we tracked the album and we finished tracking in like january or february of 2021 um and then john one of john's joys in life is like getting really excited about something that he wants to like you know like something he really really wants to acquire <laughs> like a uh, a van or like a, he and he, you know he'll scour the internet for like the perfect one that like looks or is perfect it's perfect vibe for him and he'll he drove down to like with Amelia I think to North Carolina to get this pedal steel <laughs> um, he just gets a bug about stuff and he'll you know not because it financially it makes sense or and not because like geographically it makes sense but just because it is just something that is going to bring him so much joy and so he got so excited about this pedal steel because he was recording his own album at the time which hasn't come out yet but um it's really beautiful 
he did it all himself in his room and he wanted pedal steel on it and he was like fuck it I'm gonna go learn pedal steel I'm gonna buy one drove to North Carolina got one and then brought it back and learned to play it within like two weeks because he's a genius and then play it like recorded it for his own album and it was right after we finished tracking oh no <laughs> I mean I I appreciate the uh yeah, it's like it's like a quest to get that cosmic country vibe going. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm so glad because like I'm so glad that he has that and is so and you know it's true. It's like he's still learning it technically. Like he only picked it up a year ago, um, more than a year ago now. But um, but uh, I don't know. It's it's really cool to like when we start you know, trying to play shows and we were like, well, we have this pedal steel now and <laughs> I guess we could, you know, incorporate that. And it just has worked out really well. Yeah. Um, and feels really good. Like with the live arrangements. Um, God, I just love it. I love that instrument. And I love how John plays it. And it just adds, there was like a week and a half that we were practicing without John cause he had COVID. <laughs> we were practicing and it was just the three of us without John and we were like god we really need John <laughs> we can't do it without him <laughs> you could sense that that feeling that like even when John like his amp kind of had some malfunctioning problems the other night at the show <laughs> like it, it felt like there was this kind of collective goal like you all just seemed like so in it to kind of make it work and, and to kind of, you know, um, just to figure it out on the fly. And, and you get that sense um, that the band is this kind of collective unit on the record, but it was, it was so great to see it on stage as well. Wow. I'm glad that you got that sense. I mean, I, I think that like, you know, we see something different from as like from an outside perspective, like, um, you know, I feel like you're able to see, some stuff that you can't see from within a dynamic, you know? Yeah. So it's cool to, it's cool to like hear that, like, that's how, that's how it, that you can feel that or it comes across. Um, and also I just want to shout out Shannon Moser, who we played with when, as soon as the amps stopped working and we were like, I think we need a new amp. We looked over and they just were lifting their amp <laughs> yeah. like to the stage already had grabbed it. It was so quick. It was just yeah. so triumphant. <laughs> and it's classic for us to have technical difficulties, honestly. We've we got to figure that out before we tour more. But John had talked during during soundcheck. He was like, I think after the show, I am going to take this stamp and drop it into the Schuylkill River. <laughs> <laughs> so it was, you know. Yeah. There so was... There had been some issues. <laughs> yeah. What was it? You, you, um, he was like propping up the speaker cone with shoes or something like that? There were shoes in the amp because the speaker was loose <laughs> it was... and it needed to be propped. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. Yes. Oh, man. Yeah. Amps, the worst, forever the worst. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Shannon came out you know, after, after you finished playing the songs from the album, Shannon came out and you, I was so amazed. I, I, I knew it was coming because when John started tuning his, his pedal steel, I was like, Oh, they're going to play just be simple. Like <laughs> it's what well, you knew. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I'm a huge Jason Molina fan. Like um, he's one of my number ones, you know, definitely in my top five uh, favorite artists of all time me too but yeah but me too. um that cover was just so beautiful and i was i was so happy um i Aww. i guess when when did you discover his music and and i guess when because he's so specific and and so i feel like anyone who kind of devours his catalog there isn't a way that his way of writing and his kind of um perspective doesn't kind of get into you in some ways I, I guess when did you discover his music um kind of later on 
And I do think, like, I, I hear so much love for, like, Jason Molina and, like, Songs Ohio and, you know, Magnolia Electric Co. And these days, like, I think I'm, everyone's like, yeah, I fucking love this. And I'm like, that's great, you know? Or I'm not saying, like, oh, everyone loves it's true. He's so good. He was so good. Um, uh, um, I, um, I, I had, you know, heard the song Farewell Transmission since I was, a, since, I don't know, like, maybe on the radio, like, as an adolescent, or like, as, you know, earlier in my life but it wasn't until someone sent me the album magnolia electrico in like 2015 was when i got into this stuff um first just through that album but then through other songs ohio stuff and then later through like other projects but um yeah It's really incredible. It's really incredible. It's funny with him. I, I think that's kind of what I was getting at before with, with talking about kind of this um, optimistic view when I listen to your music because it's similar to him where it's it's the most depressing stuff you can ever <laughs> hear. But God, that know, is sometimes just exactly why I listen to it. Yeah, but but he has these mantras, you know, like like um try to beat it you know um yeah or or like you know in in um dinner rain where he's like you know no matter how dark the storm gets overhead they say there's someone watching from the calm at the edge but then he's like what about us who are out here in it you know gotta watch your own backs um (laughs) i can't believe it just talk quoted that song i love that song <laughs> didn't it rain um and like i think maybe he does a similar th- I, I think something that i really get out of listening to his stuff is like how much how much he just like names being at a low you know right and for me it doesn't read as like but I'm going to try. And it's like, oh, he's resilient. Like, that's, it's not my personal. I think I think what I get out of it is like. And what feels good about it to me is that he's like. Uh, he really he's like he's looking straight in its face. He's like really looking at like how dark it feels, like whatever feeling it is and being like, this is what I'm experiencing. And it, when you do that, you, you don't, it doesn't solve everything, but like, it feels better to be like, yes, I'm sad. You know, like when you're having a, when you, when you're in a funk or you feel sad, it actually, for me, like the worst part is like the whole leading up to acknowledging it. Right. And, and when you acknowledge, you're like, I'm having a hard time. Like I'm feeling sad this evening, this afternoon, whatever, or this week is, you know, <laughs> however long it is. Um, but like once you acknowledge it and you're like, I'm having a bad day, like you're able to like kind of have some like, I don't know if it's corny, but like maybe you witness yourself, um, in some kind of way or like you make space for that. You're like, this is the reality rather than like kind of, um, uh, what's the word, you know, um pushing back on it or like rejecting rejecting that and like being like internally not accepting that that's what's how you feel or what's happening and so I feel like he really did that with in his songs he like was experiencing just some really dark shit and he really like was just honest about it with himself and for me, when I'm sad and listening, to, like sometimes he's the only person I can listen to, the only artist I can listen to in a certain mood. And the only thing that feels right. <laughs> and, yeah. you know, if anyone has any suggestions 
Because <laughs> <laughs> it's great to have a whole range, but like just sometimes, just like because specifically because of how he does that, like it's it's like cathartic. I'm not saying I feel so great after I've been listening to only Jason Molina for a long time. You know, no, but, but like... I, I I totally know what you mean because I mean it's it's like that study where they found out that uh metal fans are the happiest music fans like in the world like there there is like a sense of like well it's it's almost like schadenfreude almost like where you need to like yeah you need to hear someone face such profound sadness in order to feel better in some ways because they're kind of allowing you to let it out as you listen like Mm. like as as you were talking i was thinking about that line from the big game is every night where it's like you know, it'll get quiet once this record ends and you'll see the shape of the world, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And and it's just like, that's what it is. It's, it's, you know, you're, he allows you to feel it along with him, you know, in, in some ways, like, I don't know. I, I, I feel like I was a big thing for me during the pandemic because I was like everyone else, just so depressed and so beaten by just Mm -hmm. the world ending around us. I would listen to a lot of his music, but I would also watch horror movies for that reason, you know, to kind of be like, <laughs> take comfort in, in fictional people's like misfortune, like <laughs> getting like devoured by a demon or something. Damn. <laughs> I don't know. Like, I, I think there's something to it. I think there's something that connects all of that, but I, I don't know what. Yeah. Yeah. Like s- something about coming to terms with, I don't, yeah, I mean, or at least with in terms of listening to music like something about coming to terms with like whatever it is you're experiencing like sadness or like whatever it is you know not coming not because like it's okay but because you're like this is it I accept that I am having this experience (laughs) and that feels good on some level or at least it prevents it from feeling more bad because it feels worse if you're like experiencing that and then also like being mad at yourself for experiencing that (laughs) or something or like rejecting that in some way or being like but I shouldn't be feeling this way like that feels way worse yeah right it's it's almost it's almost better to be tricked you know like into into just letting it out yeah I mean I'm not saying it worked for 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 Jason (laughs) <laughs> yeah, no. I mean, no. that's a sad story, but like it I think he did leave a lot of like music that is a lot helpful to a lot of people. Yeah, I I talked to um uh Tim Showalter of Strand of Oaks um pretty recently and he he actually did a a couple tours, I think maybe a couple, maybe just one. But where he was, he got together the Magnolia Electric Company band and sang all the songs on the road with them. And he was just talking about, you know, we were talking about it and he was just like, yeah, I I can't listen to that music anymore. You know, just because he like had to take on the role of of being, you know, Jason night after night. (laughs) He was just like, by by the time we closed with Whippoorwill every night, I was just a mess. (laughs) But crap yeah that is intense yeah wow i can't even imagine (laughs) no um so it did feel really good to do that cover the other night though and especially to have shan sing on it because they're they're a big fan they're a bigger fan than i am (laughs) (laughs) um and uh yeah it's cool yeah is it um so I, I guess, you know, the album came out on, on Run For Cover, and, and I know you have, have some shows lined up with Hop Along uh, and, and Alex G. I, I guess, how, how does the next year look? Are you, are you just kind of touring nonstop? Yeah, I mean, I think we're figuring it out. We have some tours this summer, like you said, in July and August. We have another tour that's not announced in, like, October, and then we have that one date with Alex G and um that's kind of as far as we've planned out 
(laughs) (laughs) trying to plan in some time where we're not you know doing band stuff 24 7 um and uh but definitely so excited to tour we're so excited you know we've barely done it um we did like a run um and you know we have a booking agent now who actually is in hop as mark quinlan who is drums and hop long he like dm'd me a few months ago and was like hey do you need a booking agent and i was like yes <laughs> <laughs> he was like me i'll do it and i was like cool oh that's amazing that's awesome <laughs> i mean we talked a little more than that but like um he's so great um but the the last stuff that actually this show that we just played the release show was the last show that i booked for the band and i'm from now on it's mark and uh we but we did do a, a run in april just uh, like around new england pretty much in new york um that was just a week and that was the most that we'd done and besides that we went like to south by southwest and back and did like a couple house shows on the way and that so that's like the extent of our experience we're like so new <laughs> to this game like we're not new like the project isn't new you know and like you know we're not new to like trying to make music and trying to do this stuff but in terms of like it happening in this specific way it is very novel oh that's amazing and we're very excited yeah i, I should have asked you earlier but are did you grow up in new england yep i'm from outside of boston oh cool oh that's awesome yeah yeah i, I grew up by vermont like around that area oh cool yeah yeah new england <laughs> I'm going, it's, I'm going up there this weekend and I'm, I'm just like, kind of just like looking forward to like looking at lush things. <laughs> oh, nice. Yeah. Vermont really is that way yeah. up there. <laughs> well, that's, there in a while. well, that's awesome. Well, thanks so much for talking. I, I mean, um, the record is just incredible and that show, the Thank other you. Night, you know, just, it it put me in such a good mood for this entire week. So thanks so much. Oh, thanks for saying that. I'm, I was really excited when I heard that you wanted to, um, like talk and have us on the podcast. Have me on. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm so spacey right yeah, now. No worries, no worries. <laughs> I feel like it makes me really long winded, oh, super no, long winded in this moment. Well, I, I guess, like, luckily for us, it's, like, the perfect format for that. You know, just, like, let it, Hell yeah. keep it all in. But, but yeah, get some sleep. Um, thanks thanks so much for, for doing this, and, and good luck on tour. And, yeah, maybe we can meet up at some point. Hell yeah. Cool. <laughs> nice right. to meet you. Yeah, nice to meet you. All right, take care. See ya. Bye.